0: Welcome to Research Rundown with UIC EMBS, a research podcast by students for students. Each episode, we'll be meeting with a UIC faculty member to discuss the exciting work they're doing and how you can get involved. Today's guest is Dr. Jim Patton from the Robotics Lab at Shirley Ryan. Thank you so much for taking the time uh, to join us for our second episode of Research Rundown. Um, we're very excited to hear from you today and have this little conversation. Um, so There is definitely more to talk about with your work uh, than we have time for today. Um, So I do want to go ahead and just get right into it. But before jumping into it, I was hoping if you could share um, a little bit about your academic and professional background, just a little bit as kind of like an introduction into the research that you do.
1: Mm -hmm. Sure. So I'm uh, Jim Patton. I'm a professor at UIC. Uh, at in the bioengineering department. And then I'm also uh, a, a research scientist at the Shirley Ryan Ability Lab Hospital, which is uh, a nice uh, think tank research group and uh, um, uh, inpatient uh, hospital that treats patients that need uh, usually neuro rehabilitation, but some, some other types of rehabilitation as well. And my background is a bachelor's in mechanical engineering and engineering science, um, which is was uh, the only way to really get a bioengineering degree at the University of Michigan. Uh, so I picked a concentration in bioengineering, which is all they had to offer then. Um, I also uh, then got a master's in theoretical mechanics at Michigan State University. And then I went to Northwestern University and got my PhD in biomedical engineering and uh, stayed here in Chicago since then and have been focusing my attention first in uh, the area of mechanics and biomechanics in particular. And uh, in studying how we move um, and how we control our movement, uh, I got really keenly interested in control of movement and really wanted to come here to Chicago to study in Northwestern University, where they have a very strong group uh, in, that studies neural control. Uh, and then I kind of developed an interest in uh, of the real application area in control uh, of movement that uh, we thought was an incredible target for research, and that's rehabilitation. How do you make someone who's got a problem with their control of movement better? And so I really like uh, people who have suffered a stroke, um, but I've also looked at spinal cord injury, traumatic brain injury, and a few other little things here and there. How's that? Great. Yeah,
0: that's very (laughs) impressive and very interesting. Um, I think also that leads very well into introducing your research itself. I know you um, alluded to and kind of touched on the work with um, control and kind of studying that movement uh, specifically right now. So you are um, heading the robotics lab at Shirley Ryan. Is that correct?
1: Right. Yeah, uh, we so- call it robotics lab, but mm-hmm. it's also housed within the Center for Neuroplasticity. Um, and uh, also
0: combination. in
1: the in the arms and hands uh, uh, ability lab, which is a mm-hmm. therapeutic clinic uh, that also has a bunch of researchers. We all share space. So, um, very cool.
0: So, what would you say? Um, it is very interconnected. I think both in terms of working with the patients that are there and the different kind of departments um, within that research going on but for your lab specifically what would you say is like the focus or goal of the work that you're doing um, i know you mentioned that a little bit with the understanding mm-hmm. the movement helping with the rehabilitative purposes but um, is there any kind of central um yes yeah goal that you well, yeah, um, I'm, that I'm,
1: I'm, obviously i'm fascinated by robotic devices i may mm-hmm. uh, be using robotic devices a little bit differently than uh, what most people might think um, we we you know robots can be used for a lot of different things that's why they exist right the robots are infinitely programmable some of the robots we have are maybe not as typical of a robot uh, they're not uh, androids um, and they're not uh, you know uh, industrial automation kind of devices like like a pick and place robot or a welding robot and that you might see in a manufacturing plant they're specially designed robots that interact with humans and we have a whole bunch of them because there's a lot of different things we like to do Um, and then of course we like to also make it a robot interaction uh, with usually a little bit of visual feedback too so i really like vision and the role of vision in uh, things like oh, eye-hand coordination, really, which is an interesting problem uh, when you think of things like just reaching out to grab a glass of water and drink it. It's, uh, it's something that we use a lot of our different senses and we integrate them all in a fancy control system in order to get things get things done every day and then i'm fascinated with what goes wrong like i said uh when you've had a neurological injury and that's um really fascinating to me as an engineer because you instantly appreciate uh how hard it is to do these things that we do every day and we take for granted Um, and and all the different pieces that actually happen under the hood as we say Um, and uh, particularly the neural uh, processing that actually happens when, when we do that. And then uh, every so often we get an insight of how to turn the whole process upside down and say, well, we, we, we now understand what's wrong and really how we normally do things, but how what, what's wrong. So let's, tur- let's turn it upside down and ask the question, can we use any of these devices to actually provide treatment um, or, uh, or training? that might encourage the the system to get better. And so I'm very big on the whole field of therapy, the the idea of getting someone better through practice a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of interesting tricks you can use and to to, mm do that we've learned.
0: So that unique overlap that you have um, being situated in Shirley Lyon, how does that um, like influence the work that you do and how you do that work, being able to interact with people that are doing the therapies, do you kind of test it out with with them? Does it influence how you go about studying this in any way?
1: Yeah. So I should explain a little bit more about Shirley Ryan. The idea is that we get uh, we as engineers, including the students that I have from UIC and other places. Um, They plop us right down in the middle of the therapy clinic. So we're there and we see every day how the clinical process happens. In fact, it almost is a little distracting and difficult to get work done sometimes. Um, But we see it. We meet meet the nurses. We meet the therapists. We meet the physicians uh, at the coffee pot uh, in the break room. uh, And we talk about things like, well, gosh, that looked like a really hard thing that you were doing today um, what, what was really going on with that patient? And uh, and they tell us. And so often we're driven by real life problems. And I always say, and this is kind of a horrible thing to say, but us engineers very often like to solve problems that don't matter, um, because we just don't know what the problems are. So being there in immersed in the, in the clinic, actually doing our research there side by side with the actual clinical operations is really, an incredible idea that that the Shirley Ryan ability lab came up with. Um, And, you know, it's not perfect. It's distracting, as I said, and it's a it's a problem uh, for a bunch of other reasons, just because it's hard, and it's crowded. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I can't, I can't eat my lunch at my desk, because I'm in a clinical area, you know, but uh, it's, it's still a fantastic experience, I think.
0: Mm -hmm. Then could you talk a little bit more about um, some of the projects specifically that you have worked on either recently or just in general, kind of as an example, and if you can specifically maybe mention um, the direct responsibilities or contributions that students have had in the project. So, you know, students joining the lab or wanting to join, what kind of experiences could they expect to gain um, I know this is a little bit broad, and maybe depends on the project no, and application a, and everything. Yeah, but uh, great great. what kind of you know uh, responsibilities do the students usually have in these projects? Because it seems so, you know they're very impactful, very great. Um, kind of how so is that broken up?
1: Experience is really um, what what I always say is we want this students' experience to almost take a life of its own. Uh, and and what's really nice is you know we're in the middle of a large area uh, with other professors all uh, uh, with their students as well. And we, you know, we mix it up with Illinois Institute of Technology and uh, professors and uh, uh, Northwestern University professors and UIC professors um, and a few others from other places. And they all have uh, some sometimes dedicated, um, you know, space available for their research. But the important thing is that, that the students are picking up skills and great interactions from people down the hall that may be just other students that have expertise in a certain area you know if you want to find someone who does really good job at nonlinear optimization techniques for engineering there's someone down the hall that you can ask about it as an example so or you know who's the person who does transcranial magnetic stimulation right? so to answer the question about um my uh, my uh, research, I'd say, you know there, there's there's some interesting things that we've looked at um, if you just pose the question that kind of drives me and that is, how would you create a training experience to make someone move better? And you notice I didn't say patient there and that's because I'd like mm-hmm. to think that I'm more than just the clinical science scientist so, I'm talking about maybe even, you know, someone training to do surgery uh, better or training to pilot an, uh, an airplane or play a musical instrument or perform sports or whatever. Um, all of those things are interesting possibilities. Or we might just want to study it from a basic science standpoint of like, how how do we learn skills? And uh, the best example I have is the one of the grants we have running uh, right now is focused on this idea of. Uh, error augmentation you make we make mistakes and uh those mistakes uh tend to drive how we adapt and how our natural neuroplasticity uh, occurs in our body uh while we're while we're working on things and we do repetitive practice and make 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 mistakes and one of the things we can do with our virtual reality kind of tools that, that we've developed um with the help of some great people at UIC uh, and, then, uh, and then our robotics is to actually amplify the mistakes people make. And uh, and you'd think that that would be bad, but it actually wakes up the nervous system and makes them learn better. So that's one example mm-hmm. of uh, uh, one successful example, because we've had a lot of failures, <laughs> but uh, one one successful example of how people get better by our enhancement of the practicing uh, paradigm, right, or the, you the, know, mm-hmm. the enhancing, enhancing the training experience. Um, and the therapists seem to like it, too, because it's pretty straightforward and they can understand it. They don't uh, have to learn uh, advanced engineering skills mm-hmm. in control theory or uh, how to how to actually program robots? They don't have to do any of that, right? So,
0: okay, cool. Um, so, with these projects, I imagine they're very complicated. Um, mm-hmm. But on the other hand, do you have any um, experiences or skills that you look for or recommend that students have wanting to um, contribute to this work or participate in this research? That um, you, you're taking
1: on? Well, so every time I uh, get funded to do research or even if I just undertake a new project, mm-hmm. there's, there is a student, sometimes a postdoc, sometimes a student and a postdoc, sometimes a student and a postdoc and another student and another student and maybe a junior student uh, or an undergraduate or mm-hmm. even a high school student uh, assigned to that project. So all projects move forward and are um, they are they are driven by a student who's been given uh, kind of uh, main uh main assignment to, to to getting the job done for that project uh, and, uh, and sometimes it's a team um, a lot of times it's a team because they're meaty projects that take a lot of uh, a lot of effort from several people and i think Students working with other students, um, everybody finds a little corner of their own little expertise within the project, but then they also push each other and uh, mm-hmm. teach each other. So I, I see it as an incredible thing. And then, of course, it provides uh, a mentoring training uh, situation for the students themselves. So a student becomes a teacher. Or becomes the boss of the 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 the, the 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 other students on the team very often.
0: So a lot of collaboration, even just between students and different kind of parts of the lab, and um, a lot of that to be expected. So right.
1: I'm kind of driven to make sure that, for example, my UIC students in bioengineering are
0: mm-hmm.
1: playing a big role in all of this, right?
0: Yeah. So kind of looking at that lab environment a little bit more, um, I know you mentioned like there's extensive collaboration between universities, um, I imagine also between like different departments uh, within universities themselves. So um, is it correct to say that this is a very interdisciplinary lab? Um, do you usually find students from a certain like major, um, more appropriate fitting or drawn to this or is it really um, a wide makeup um, of students within this lab
1: um, well I primarily am in bioengineering at Uic mm-hmm. um, students um, but we've I've graduated um, students in mechanical engineering uh, one in electrical engineering in the past few years um, and uh, and a few in computer science so the skills um, that we need kind of transcend all of that Uh, i've even had students in kinesiology uh, and uh, let's see um, and uh and of course some therapy disciplines as well that have come through uh, physical therapy and occupational therapy Mm -hmm. i'm now working in speech therapy which is an interesting area also, um, uh, speech and language pathology um, is the technical term for it. So we have all of those, but, you know, predominantly it's bioengineering students. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, uh, it, it's because the skill set uh, skill sets that very often we need is um, maybe this is answering an earlier question you had is programming, uh, which is an important part of all of this. Uh, how do you get the machine to do exactly what you'd like it to do so that mm-hmm. it's objectively helping you do the science um, and how do you program a robot to get the job done is an interesting question in and of itself and and can you get the robot to do what mm-hmm. you want it to do so robots are that
0: second question acceptable. might be you
1: have some you have some responsibility there right so so you have to like programming, usually if you're in my lab, either if you're programming to do analysis of data, but more importantly, um, if you're, if you're uh, trying to make the machines go. Mm
0: -hmm. So what language do you um, primarily use um, within the work? Is it, is it, do you have one that is recommended for students looking to get more experience in programming if they're interested in working in robotics in that sense?
1: Well, we're all over the place right now. Um, our our uh, fanciest robotic tool that we have in the lab is, it works on C Sharp and uh, actually interfaces with Unity, which is a visual feedback gaming kind of environment. So everybody thinks that's cool. Um, and it seems to be working very well, um, but there's a, a, a lot of other devices in the lab. Um, so we're all over the place. So my favorite thing is uh, what I learned from a robot computer scientist years ago is he looked at me and he said, why do you care what, what, uh, what language? I'll, 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 I'll learn whatever language I need to, to make it go today, right, mm-hmm. so, but um, we're doing Python, we're doing uh, MATLAB and it's special tools in XPC target, which is a special toolbox. That ties into MATLAB. Um, and, and then of course we use MATLAB a, a lot uh, to do our data analysis and graphics and other things uh, as well. Uh, what else? Anything else? I'm trying to think. But yeah, Python is, is really taken a, a front a front a front stage as well all in all of our work. having having a dog having a problem here next to me. Apologies for the dog, right?
0: All good. (laughs) Um, So for students that are interested in getting involved, uh, what would you say is your kind of initial piece of advice um, for your lab specifically in terms of um, wanting to contribute and start with this work?
1: Well, I always uh, say, come join us for a lab meeting um, and see what the, kind of the vibe is in the lab mm-hmm. with um, and you, there you will discover that we're we're not uh, all jerks and uh, <laughs> and uh, you'll kind of get a get a feel for how we do things so um, I, I, I always say we start there and you can listen um, or you can ask questions and and then from there you can attend more lab meetings and you know become involved in something um, that we might be working on
0: so showing up is just half the battle then kind
1: yeah. of to get started. Yeah. I also say, you know, I never hire anybody unless I know them and maybe they've participated within our group mm-hmm. uh, anyway. So it's, uh, it, it, it's, too, it's too easy to, uh, to well, it's, it's a very difficult process to deal with all, all of the people that want to come work here. Um, but especially now with virtual being easy, um, uh, you know, participating in a meeting or joining us for a meeting is an easy thing to do to start.
0: If a student did want to um, reach out then and sit in on a meeting and kind of see how that's um, what mm-hmm. that's all about to get started, would you suggest then just emailing you? Um, is this um, yeah,
1: Send, send me an me open email. invite? Uh, for- and and uh, hope, hope, hopefully, I won't get so many emails that I can't handle it right now. At the end of the semester, right? So, but uh, send me an email, and I'll send back uh, an, an, an invitation that has details on how to do it. In in your email, you might want to tell me what your uh, what you're about and uh, what your interests are, right? Briefly. That
0: sounds good. Oh, we'll definitely share that advice with the students hoping to get involved. Um, I'm, I'm sure those are very exciting meetings to be a part of um, seeing all the different things going on. So hopefully they don't become too crowded because of this, but I think it would be a great opportunity for students to see a little bit more about what... Um,
1: yeah, it's easy for me to students. do. I, I don't have mm-hmm. to put set aside too much extra time uh, for someone who may not be sure about whether they actually think that this is for them. So.
0: Good. Well, thank you so much again for joining us today and for sharing all the information about your research and your work at the lab. Um, we really appreciate it. And um, it's been great.
1: Yeah, it's a real pleasure. It's really a great pleasure to help out EMB and, uh, and, uh, and its adventures uh, at UIC. I think you guys are doing a great job.
0: Thank you. Thank you. We're hoping this is helpful.
1: Yes. Well, it's, it's, it's nice to see this happen.
0: Thank you so much again, Dr. Patton. Our next guest will be Dr. Thomas Royston, who not only heads the Acoustics and Vibrations Lab, but the Bioengineering Department at UIC as well. To make sure you don't miss it or any other future episode, make sure to subscribe to the podcast and visit our website, embs.students.uic.edu, where you can subscribe to our newsletter, view our events calendar, and learn more about EMBS. This is Research Rundown with UIC EMBS.